What's up, my beautiful people? This is your host, Anthony Mitchell, and you are here with us at the End Zone Club. And here at the End Zone Club, we have conversations that are designed to cause us to walk from just being in potential to actually fulfilling purpose. And today, before I even introduce my special guest, I would like to encourage you to like, share, rate, and subscribe to the content. Help us to continue our mission, which is to reach the four corners of the earth doing what we do. But with that said, I would like to ask my special guest, none other than Brother Walt Harris. How you doing today, sir? This is an extreme transparent moment for me. I am working out after I had my last baby. Just in a few short weeks, baby will turn one. It took nine months to create her and nurture her in my body. And it's taken almost one year to get back in my ideal shape. So come along with me on this journey as I return to healthy, wealthy, and wise. So just in case you didn't catch the name of that platform, it is basically Tisha, which is a lifestyle brand, moms, moms especially. Y'all go over there and check her out. She's doing some phenomenal things on all social media platforms. That's basically Tisha and basically I am Tisha on TikTok.com. Y'all come on in here and let's get today's episode started. If you know what it is, you know that you were here at another episode of the End Zone Club, where we have conversations that are wrapped around things we know now that we wish we knew when we were younger. And the purpose of said conversations is to push you, us, we, all of us together from walking in our potential to actually fulfilling our purpose. You know, potential is a powerful word because it just lets you know that you have the capability of doing something. Michael Jordan had the potential of jumping from the free throw line. Shaq O'Neal had the potential of jumping over anybody in his path. Barry Sanders had the potential to be the greatest running back ever, but in order to hit their purpose, and being great at what they were, there was a little bit of required work and labor that went in. Every time I heard Whitney Houston sing, I will always love you, I saw the glory of the song, but a lot of us didn't see the work she put in singing in churches and back rows and probably being dragged by her mama to choir rehearsal. That's part of the story. I don't know your story personally, but I would like to hear more from my listeners, to my, from my subscribers, to hear more about your story that got you to where you were. Anyway, I'm glad you asked. What are we talking about today? Because if you're hearing the sound of my voice, you know I got something on my mind, my heart, that I want to talk to you today about. So I'm not going to, I'm not even going to drag my feet on this one. I'm going to jump straight into it. Y'all, you will not believe this. I know a lot of you guys are listening to this by way of iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Apple-related products, but it it, 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 it it saddens my heart to tell my listeners that I am a stubborn Android user. 
yes, my friends, I am Team Android. But hey, 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 don't, don't let it against me. You know, sometimes bad habits die hard, and I have been on Team Android since probably around 2010. I had an iPhone 3GS. I just, no shade to Apple, but when I got my hands on my first Android, oh my God, it just felt like the, the thunder rolled and, and the clouds and the clouds flashed away. That's how my life felt. I remember I've had several Androids that were life changing, but we're not going to get into that. But I, I do want to talk about, as a stubborn Android user, recently I was on my phone it was in its case. I've got a Samsung S20 Plus. Yes, I am also stubborn. And that when I find a phone that I like, I don't like to just routinely change because I'm ready for an upgrade. Or I'm doing an upgrade. Or I can get an upgrade. So I'm sitting in the chair and I'm on my phone. I'm just scrolling. And I'm sitting down. So just get this visual. I'm trying to paint this picture for you. My phone is not very high in the sky, and it's in an otter box. And one of my kids bumped my phone in my hand, and my phone fell. When it fell, it shattered the front of the camera as well as the back. Again, for you Android users that have not been blessed to see the Samsung, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't. I shouldn't fire my darts at y'all. Maybe I should fire it at the iPhone. But for you iPhone users that have not been blessed with the opportunity of touching a Samsung phone, I have an S20 which has like five to six camera lenses on it, which allows it to shoot all of the awesomeness that it does. And when my camera broke just weeks before the football camp that we host every year with my NFL guys, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. So. Had to jump through some hoops to get insurance to do what it does. Of course, there was like a $250 deductible to get this old phone fixed. So now I'm having a crisis of heart. Do I pay $250 to get an old phone fixed? Or do I just go ahead and plug the trend and get a new phone? Well, I'm starting to think, you know what? Maybe I can warm up to a Samsung S23, which has even better camera capabilities. Side note, Samsung, I'm going to need you to throw me some money for this free advertisement I'm giving you guys. Yeah, just make it payable to Anthony Mitchell. But anyway, wait for my side note. Got in touch with my insurance. And as always, they send me a replacement phone after taking the pertinent information. Hey, what kind of phone do you have now? Okay, we do have that phone in stock. We are sending you a Samsung S. 20 plus to my dismay it didn't take but a few days for my new phone to come in and when i got my new phone and i was heartbroken to find out they sent me a samsung s20 let me decode the heartbreak for a minute because the s20 plus is a bigger phone the s20 is the original phone kind of same generation but they don't even fit in the same case it's that big of a difference in the phone size so when the phone didn't fit in the case, of course, I'm automatically, I'm automatically in this weird situation because I'm like, man, y'all already know that I broke my last phone. So I don't want to be out here without a case. So 
my family and I, we go to Walmart, you know, we're trying to find a new case for it, looking around, looking around, can't find it at Walmart, Best Buy don't have it, decided to even go to some of the dollar stores, just because maybe because it is a little small older phone that possibly somebody will have it in stock, couldn't find a case for the phone. So I'm super apprehensive of having the phone anywhere near me. So I get on a couple of shopping sites and thankfully, shout out to Amazon. Amazon had Amazon had what I needed. So one of the weird functions of this phone is of course, you know, I backed up my old phone, backed up all my contacts, my games, my pictures, backed it up. And then when I got this new phone, I uploaded everything on this new phone. Well, it had a few other features that were slightly different. And automatically, there was a there's a Samsung Health feature that pops up. And what that does, it's like a fitness app where it automatically starts tracking your steps every day. So I'm not taking much thought about my steps because I have friends that have done the step counters and have had competitions and things with their spouses to see, you know, who can hit, like, for example, 10,000 steps a day. To me, 10,000 never sounded like a lot of steps until I actually <laughs> walked 10,000 steps one day and my phone let me know you have superseded your goal. My phone had a default setting of 6,000 steps. So when I hit 10,000 steps, I'm kind of blown away. Well, fast forward through that. Even though it was counting my steps every day, I wasn't really paying attention. But when we went to Scotland, one thing that did kind of happen was some of the guys there were a little more dedicated steppers. And just ironically, I looked at my phone one day and realized that I had done 23,000 steps. And mind you, I'd done that 23,000 steps on like, you know, just a few hours, like maybe an hour, or hour and a half tops of sleep. So... Thankfully, I was moving that whole day, and by moving, it kept my, my blood going, with my adrenaline up, and it kept me awake. But it spurred a competition between us and the guys. So every day now, I start noticing guys are asking me, how many steps did you do today? I'm not even thinking about it, not thinking about how competitive guys can be. So about the third day of being asked, I'm noticing that now guys that maybe hadn't been on the flight line as much as some of the other ones of us, are now on the flight line, just walking, walking, walking. And now the question, how many steps did you do today? It's coming earlier in the day. So I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. We had a full-fledged competition where apparently guys were trying to outdo me and I didn't even know it. So one of the weird blessings in disguise is that now I'm having to be more intentional about the steps I'm taking because now, even though that I'm back from Scotland, some of the guys and us, we have started a challenge where we're trying to outdo each other. And right now, I'm, I'm sad to say, I'm about 30,000 steps behind in the winter. And he lets me know, man, if I were to just lay in bed all day and do nothing, you still couldn't catch me. But that's okay. I'm coming for him. But even further than that, my family has also undertaken this challenge with me. And, and us, we have some of our friends also doing, doing it. 
So instead of starting at 10,000 steps a day, you know, because that is a lot, it's a big jump for people who haven't maybe done that many steps per day. Let's start at six. Let's do that. Let's get in a comfortable mode of doing that where now it becomes second nature. And then from there, we can build to maybe eight and then the 10. Let's do this thing incrementally. One of the takeaways I have instantly gathered is as we've been doing these steps and every day, I'm, some days it's been easy, some days there's been extra work that's had to go into it. Maybe I've gotten home after a full day work. Maybe it's rained all day. We've had thunder and lightning. Most of my work has been in, within, you know, the small walls of where I work. Maybe I'm sitting at 3,500 steps. That gives me 2,500 more steps to do. But because we're doing this as a family unit, it's not about, Daddy, how many steps do you have? It's how many steps does the least or the person that's got the least amount of steps walk and the family have. So that now as a family, we can go out, we can walk, and we can make sure everybody's on the same page. It is important to note that now I'm having to redevelop discipline in my life because I'm starting with steps. Right, this, these steps start making me feel better, but now as I'm standing on the scale, I'm not seeing the type of results I was hoping to get. So yes, 6,000 steps may not sound like a lot, but most days when I look at my stair count, step counter, there is a small icon there in the middle that tells me how many miles I've walked. And 6,000 steps is four miles. Doesn't feel like I walk four miles, but it's necessary to my health to do so. So now that I'm not seeing the physical results that I want, now I'm finding myself having to amp it up a little bit. Now I'm starting to run more. Now I'm starting to work out more. And one of the latest caveats that has been added to the routine is I'm back intermittent fasting again. And this is important to me because, let's see, about two years ago, yeah, it's about two years ago because my youngest baby was being born. Prior to her being born, we were in the middle of COVID. And like most people during COVID, I gained a whole, whole heap of weight, as we would say in Jamaica. That boy big them. My back was big. My neck was big. My shoulders was touching my chin when I coughed. I mean, I was in a situation that I was not accustomed to. Military was having to adjust to the COVID times as it relates to doing PT. And I was probably at home eating more than I should have been, right? Started intermittent fasting. During this time, your boy was able to take off over 20 pounds. Started feeling good. It was a challenge at first, because I promise you, if you're a guy like me and you're not the, you don't get eight hours of sleep. Maybe you only get four or five on a good night. You're up well into your fasting hours and your body's reminding you that you hadn't had your midnight snack. I like to have a snack every night before I go to bed. I like to drink my Kool-Aid with a sandwich or some pretzels. That's just, that's me personally, TMI. But when you're not having that snack, your body's reminding you, not even that you're hungry, but that you want to eat start seeing some very bad traits that you've picked up along the way a lot of times I don't personally I'm not the first one to see why I've been gaining weight I'm always like man I don't eat a lot I don't know why I'm gaining weight like oh I only ate this but then when I started paying attention to the serving size plates I was eating 
and all of the snacking in between. And maybe some days I eat like a college student when nobody's looking because it's readily available. I can pop this in the microwave and within two minutes, I can have a whole bunch of nothing. That's right. That Kool-Aid, you know, another glass tastes good. And maybe I haven't drank three liters of water today. There are a lot of bad habits that I was doing that now as I'm starting to improve my daily routine, it starts to shed a light on why I'm not getting results. So y'all pray with me because I'm on a 16-8 cycle. That means at 6 o'clock every afternoon I stop eating. And when I stop eating during that window, I drink nothing but water. When I wake up, I'm drinking water and I'm extending that until 11 o'clock every day. So between 11 a.m. and 6 p.m., I have a window that I can eat whatever I want to eat when I want to eat it. It works. It may not sound like it works, but during those 16 hours, your body goes into a state known as ketosis, which is when you begin to burn most of your fat. I have to bring this up because a lot of us have developed such terrible eating habits even extended beyond eating habits, we have terrible discipline. And a lot of times, the areas that we like discipline in is the areas that's affecting us the most. And it's keeping us back from certain things. You know what? I feel better about myself when I'm able to see myself in a light where I'm like, man, I look good. I feel good when I can walk up a flight of stairs and I'm not getting tired. I feel good when I'm not having headaches or migraines associated with having eaten too much sugar and now maybe my pressure or my cholesterol is a little elevated. I feel good when I go to a special event and I'm able to wear some clothes that I was wearing a few years ago. They fit just right and I'm not having to suck my stomach in when I take pictures. That's my goal when I'm out there right now. But I'm being very open and transparent with you because even in my own life, there are areas in which I have lacked discipline because working on the road as much as I have has allowed me to cater to eating in and out of gas stations, a lot of fast food restaurants every day. You know what? Don't even bring lunch to work. You just go out and get you a little McDonald's today, get you some Burger King, get you some home cooking here, and go over there and get some barbecue when they give it 50% off. That's been my routine and didn't know that it was silently killing me. As Lauren Hill said, killing me softly. Not just softly because now sometimes you start walking and, 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 and your knees are rubbing together like, man, did I put powder under my neck? It's a little fat under there, ain't it? I know that may be a little too much information for you guys. But what about other areas of our life that maybe we have overindulged in? Maybe you're a gamer and you spend a whole lot of time on games and less time on actually building yourself. I hope I don't offend anybody with this because I do know some people, myself included, I'm at the forefront of the line. There's a lot of idle time I've spent and I'm sure you can relate. A lot of idle time investing and pouring and giving to things that actually brought you or profited you little. I've spent a whole weekend binge watching movies 
And at the end of the week, I can't tell you anything productive I've done. I have stayed at the precipice of every new show that's come out on Netflix. Matter of fact, I have a watch list, meaning show hadn't even come out yet, but I've already marked it on my playlist that when it comes out, I want you to automatically download it. I'm already forecasting where I'm and how I'm going to spend my time. And the one thing about this is I don't even know what satisfaction this movie will bring. There's been a lot of movies that I have thought that I wanted to see that after I watched, I said that was a complete waste of time. Well, don't you know that none of the work you do on yourself is a waste of time? None of the ways that you improve areas that you're lacking discipline in is a waste of time. I thought I was good with my appetite until I actually started paying attention to my appetite. Sometimes it was easier for me to be around. For example, I have friends who are competitive bodybuilders. I have people who are very proficient in the gym. I actually just sat down with a personal trainer and I hope he hears this episode. But he was giving out free fitness trainings. And the young man had come to my football camp. I linked up with him several years ago. Uh, worked out with him during COVID. I was trying to put on a new stripe with the military. Wanted to lose a little weight. Feel good about myself. And of course, COVID was happening. My wife found out my wife was pregnant. So I started limiting my interactions outside of my home because I didn't want to be in situations or places where I could have potentially have gotten affected and have brought it back home. I did get the promotion, but then I started back after, again, after my baby girl was born, redeveloping some bad habits that I had worked multiple months with fasting to change. Not just fasting, but working out. So when this young man and I relinked up and I saw on Facebook that he was giving away a free workout, I made sure to link up with him. And now I thought I was doing good working out on my own, but when I worked out with somebody who was more structured and understood the science of physical training, I come to find out that a lot of my form was wrong, a lot of my tempo, tempo was wrong. The way that I was doing things wasn't bringing optimal results. So he was showing me various things I was doing wrong and reconnect, recorrecting some of my form. And it's like, wow. Being with someone that knew what they were doing opened my eyes more to where I was doing wrong. And whereas I thought I was good, I'm like, man, I got work to go. All of us need that. That's why you guys remember when we were back in high school and they used to open up opportunities to do job shadowings and following people that were in the career path that we wanted to go in. That was probably one of the most eye-opening experiences because you got a chance to see how highly effective people conducted their day. I know a lot of times it feels like a waste of time donating internships or your time to internships and following people and asking people who were in the vein of what you wanted to do or what you want to do, how they move. You'll find out that's probably a very effective tool. Like anytime I'm with guys that are more accomplished at, than myself at some point, I do ask questions. Like even being with NFL guys, NBA guys, Major League Baseball guys, um, high-level pastors, being with, you know, awarded teachers who have been well-renowned 
I like to know certain things. Like I'll sometimes just call, like you guys know, for example, Walt Harris. He's been on this platform many times. Shout out to Walt, former All-Pro cornerback who played with the 49ers. I have just randomly sent him text messages and said, hey, I, I got to know, who are the top five toughest receivers you ever covered? Now, he probably won't cover that on a broadcast like this, but just you know, amongst guys. We have those conversations, or even Mr. Blaylock, who was on several episodes ago on an episode called Training Camp. I've asked him from your era, late 80s, early 90s, who were, who were some of the dogs. And there were some names he gave me that just normal fans sometimes may not talk about. Or, you know, I sometimes will ask other questions, like guys I know that maybe played Carmelo or Kobe. What was it? Or pastors, like, hey, how do you... As a pastor, how do you preach your message this way and, and, and not feel the need to sound like T.D. Jakes or Jamal Bryant or Joyce Meyer or any popular name? Like These are conversations I like to have because in my mind, I know that at some point myself, I would have this stumbling block that I am going to run into where I have to find my voice and not just find it, be comfortable in it, but maximize the gift in that area that God has given me. I experienced it as a musician. When I was a drummer, I was around a lot of great musicians. I'm talking about musicians who were so great that if you were not confident, you would tuck your tail, put your gift up, and walk away. They were that good. They were intimidating and awe-inspiring. But discipline, the discipline of you practicing, the discipline of you putting in the work will always not to say it's going to make you feel like you're supposed to be Kobe Bryant in every situation, but it'll help you navigate every room you walk in. I promise you that when God lights a fire in your life that says, son or my daughter, I promise you this purse business that you're starting, you can have it. I promise you, you go into school to get these licenses, your certificates, you can have it. It's going to be all right for you. This business you're starting may seem to start off slow, but I'm going to bring the connections in your life. That's going to make it happen. I promise you, discipline will give you courage that the lack of preparation will keep you from. So make sure whatever you're doing, be around people that can help you to see where I'm falling short at. I'm not leading you to beat me down about it. I'm not leading you to call me fat, sloppy, overweight, obese. I'm not leading you to, you know, call me out in front of people and make me feel bad about my appearance. But will you walk with me? Will you show me the plan that you took when you were trying to lose weight? Will you give me some tips and pointers? I'm not asking you to hold my hand. I got my own motivation for everything I do. But I want to know, can you help me get where I'm going? With that said, guys, this is another edition of the End Zone Club. I hope this conversation, which was a little different, a little different, you know, flow than I like to go with, but I wanted to keep it a hundred with you guys today. I didn't want to be overly scriptural today, but I just wanted to talk to on a level that most people can plainly talk and understand. Can you dig it? All right, glad you got it, because that's the end of this episode. I love you guys. I appreciate your support. As always, I got to tell you, I need you to like, share, rate, subscribe to this content. And until next time, y'all hold it down the way you hold it down.